Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Soiree Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Greif. I'm happy to find you this afternoon in the bowels of Betamore. I'm here with Greg Cangelosi. Uh, hopefully many of you have already retained your tickets for the great uh, move that Startup Soiree is about to achieve to City Garage. We're excited to have Greg as our first moderator um, at our new home here at City Garage. Um, excited to talk about somebody who knows so much about bootstrapping uh, as Nick and I are practitioners in the bootstrapping world as many of you have heard me talk about in years past. We haven't raised money, we have produced it, um, which is the, the secret sauce to real business stuff in my humble opinion. Um, all of that said, Greg, welcome to the Startup Soiree Podcast. What is happening, Patrick? It's great to be here. It's a happy Friday, it's man. A happy Friday. It's a great Friday. Uh, so, the way that we usually kick these interviews off is, I want you to give us give us the Greg Cancellosi primer real quick. The primer real quick. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna give you the real like the, I'm gonna give you the from birth primer, but do it really quick. Do it. Born in New York City, raised on the Jersey Shore. Somehow in my teens figured out I wanted to become an emergency medical services provider. Got my certification as an EMT when I was 16. Rode on first aid squads till about 18 and I thought that's what I wanted to do. Started seeking out colleges and universities with EMS programs. Found UMBC, which many don't know has one of the best programs in the country for emergency medical services, mainly because we are so close to all these amazing healthcare systems. Got halfway through the program and said, what the heck am I thinking? Like, I don't want to be a paramedic or a healthcare administrator. Had no idea what I wanted to do. Got my degree in English, figuring no matter what I did, I had to read and write really well and be able to communicate and articulate. So literally, that's that. Graduated UMBC, became a concert promoter. Got sick of being a concert promoter. Learned some web stuff. Started building small business websites. Saw the future. Hopped onto a startup called Zero to 80, which was then at the Emerging Technology Center when it was at the Can Company. Did a one-year stint there, craziest experience of my life. Left that business, started Blue Sky Factory, bootstrapped it from 2001, grew it for 10 years, almost literally to the day I started it, maybe a month or two more. Grew it to about 40 employees. It was an email marketing software as a service company. Sold it in 2011. Then started working on building the ecosystem here in Baltimore to give back to the community that supported me that whole time. So that comes in the form of um, the Baltimore Angels co-founding that with Dave Troy and really organizing the group over the last few years. And right here in this beautiful facility we're sitting in, Betamore, which is a campus for entrepreneurship and innovation. We focus on community, incubation, and education for the 21st workplace, for 21st century workplace. In that time, I also um, continue to operate a business called Mission Tix, which is an online ticketing provider. Um, and we do ticket sales and event logistics and marketing for thousands of events all over the place, but mainly right here in the Mid-Atlantic region. Awesome. Not quite cliff notesy, but that was a lot in a short amount of time. The, the bows are getting clipped. Natty bow toast. Um, Natty bow sip. So, damn, there you have it. So I just want to first off acknowledge uh, that what we and all of you are trying to do with the Soiree platform is to scale a model that Greg has been trying to do for a long time now, which is to figure out how to build an ecosystem that is 
by Baltimore, for Baltimore, and very much looking towards sculpting and structuring what our future looks like. So part of my, my like shtick constantly at Soiree is that as young business owners, we're gonna be in the position to control the dollars that our businesses create and put them to work in our community in very direct ways as opposed to like giving money to foundations that are gonna fetter it away. And that with that power to influence our community, we're gonna be able to set the tone and say like, I don't think that that works, I wanna try this. I don't think that that works, I wanna try this. And I think that that's something that you've done here at Betamore, yeah. and it's something that you're doing with the Angels, albeit Betamore is a more branded out front version of what you're trying to do, and the Angels is the boardroom version of what you're trying to do, but ultimately the goals align, which is recognizing how lucrative a city and a community and a resource Baltimore is for potential startups to come to, whether it's an infrastructure or whether it's in talent. Yep. And, and the talent is like the huge, the, the talent is the crazy shit that people in Silicon Valley are like, what are you gonna do about building a, a business in Baltimore? And you're like, by the way, we have UMBC, Loyola, Johns Hopkins, Stevenson University, you know, et cetera, Goucher, you talk about like copywriters, technological people, people that are like looking at like the cultural version of where it sits, like we have all of it. We have people that are, you know, we have an incredible public health school. We have so many resources here that can be stitched together in a very interesting way. And we get the bleed off from all the crazy talent in Washington, D.C. that isn't dedicated to government, which is like everything in Washington, D.C. So I just wanted to say that real quick, guys, because Greg has been a critical uh, practitioner of what we are all trying to contribute to. So. You know, it's activating the community, really, is what it is. It's the word I've been using is activation, right? And it's like, and to, to your point, like, we have the talent here, and for the first time, really, that I can remember, we're finally not exporting it as much. I mean, sure, people are always going to come here, get educated, learn, and, and leave, but there's now more than ever a plenty of reasons to stay right here in Baltimore post-graduation, especially if you have the entrepreneurial edge. But even if you don't and just, like, are looking for opportunities, there's more innovation, there's more... Um, happening in regards to innovation across several different sectors that you could jump into something really exciting pretty quickly. Really quickly. Yeah, really quickly. Really quickly, particularly if you're like, if you're eager to do something, Absolutely. like the spots to involve your energy are massive. I was, massive. Hanging, I was having drinks with Shelly Blake Plock last week and he was like, yeah, uh, I finished my whole thing, he finished his whole pitch. Like we were already buds, but like he did his thing and I did my thing and he was like, I asked you to have beers for one reason, and that reason is, could you build your company, can, can you build your company in Baltimore? And I said, Shelly, I can only build my company in Baltimore. I, could, I couldn't build my company anywhere else. And part of that has to do with my personal grounding inside of the city, sure. but the other thing has to do with the potential that I see here and the ways that I know that I can influence it by being able to see that because I recognize that not everyone can see it yet, but I do also simultaneously recognize that people see the potential. Even Absolutely. if they can't put their finger on it just yet, they know it's here. And he, in turn, looked back at me and said, there's no fucking way that I can build yet anywhere else aside from right here in Baltimore. Exactly. And that's the homie that literally just like captured the flag with Nielsen sound scan, which, you know, unfortunately in Baltimore, I don't think people recognize how massive of a score that that is yet, but 
mean, to have a data rock. company that parses all of the data reporting in the world say we're going to feed our junk through your thing is crazy big and i have a feeling in 24 months everybody is going to know really yet. what yet analytics has actually been they're, they're like the sleeper so i was talking with um yeah. with stephen babcock and he was like those guys are the rock stars here Dude, and I mean, nobody realizes it yet but like listen. yet are the rock stars so, in baltimore so like so so uh, kind of a story that hits hits hard for me with this whole thing and you know full disclosure i'm an investor in yet okay? uh -huh. but let me tell you about the journey to get there so and this is why i love baltimore and this is why the things that we are doing matter and are having significant impact because yet turned out to be the baltimore angels largest deal right just shy of sightliner right and it was it was it was because literally nobody could understand what shelley was saying when he was in this room that you and i are sitting in when he pre-screened with the baltimore angels and everyone was just like what but at the same time, and I've known Shelley through really through the Digital Harbor Foundation as time as time there, and then the spin out of yet. But I, I always knew in the back of my mind, like that guy, he's got potential. That guy, I, he's got something. I don't know what it is because honestly, I didn't understand it. Myself, sure, he's right? a smart guy. Smart guy. We go through the rounds. Uh, the first time he came in to, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me telling this because these are the stories that have to get out there because these are stories that. Um, at the end of the day, he, he, he hit his goal, right? And, and I agree with you 100%. I, finally, I see how, I didn't realize at the time, wow, Shelly is tackling a massive problem that is the future of data interoperability. You know what I mean? And, like, and the potential uses of it are infinite, right? So I just didn't understand it at the time. I didn't know what yet analytics was. So, you know, then he came into the Baltimore Angels, you know, and pitched, the, pitched it, and the group kind of flew over the head. But yet there was one guy, Josh Goldberg, and myself, who at the end of the at, at the end of the uh, pitch, after everyone was gone, in our investor discussion, said, "Not really quite sure, but just think something is there." And then our group, you know, it was Dave Troy that did the initial uh, working with Shelley, and then Josh kind of just took the bull by the horns and ran with it and worked with him and did extreme due diligence and brought his team in and just really shepherded the whole deal and finally made the recommendation to the club and provided all of his documentation and then coached Shelly on how to tell the story and how to co communicate the pitch. That's awesome. All the way down to the point where, you know, over 400, 450K later, just out of our group, um, and goes on to, you know, take the Beta City Award for the, for the, uh, for the pitch competition because the massive opportunity that's in front of Shelly and, um, his business is huge, and like you, you, the, the Nielsen thing, the tech rough, dis, dis, the tech crunch disrupt, you know, big data, totally. all that. I mean, that stuff is huge. That stuff's happening in California for the Baltimore company. So my point is, is that like the ecosystem is alive and well, my friend, because like we are helping, you know, we are helping advance entrepreneurs to the next level. Whether it's just understanding how to communicate their business so they can get investments, so it's actually doing investment and actually funding these companies to linking them up to putting them in front of audiences to coaching them i mean mentoring them it's all there it's all here don't really think it was organized or existed five to six seven years ago totally and it's all it's all new and it's all happening and the thing is is like more and more people like yourself are getting involved to amplify and send the signal out right because uh, startups are a perfect example we're gonna blow that we're gonna rock that thing on the 29th totally. you know what i mean I mean, it'll be and thereafter awesome. and thereafter so I just want to say straight up that Nick got to be at the Steve Case thing and saw Shelly pitch. And he was like, 
I'm so bummed that you weren't there because you would have gotten so much value from seeing Shelly pitch because he crushed it. Nick was like, he crushed it, and you and and I feel like you would really benefit from getting to see how he did it. Um, so kudos to the Angels because you guys clearly helped to like push that piece of putty into shape to do it. The other thing that I loved when I was hanging out with Shelly is he's like, I go to Silicon Valley and they all go, so like, what is it like to be an entrepreneur in Baltimore? And he says, are you fucking kidding me? Everyone's an entrepreneur in Baltimore. Right. Have you been to Baltimore? Right. Like, it's like it's a city that breeds entrepreneurial spirit because it has no other option but to be scrappy and savvy and of itself. And I thought about that. And so last Sunday, I went to Nick's tailgate with my son, Emmett. We didn't have tickets for the Ravens game, so we just went for the tailgate. And then I told my wife, I will set off in the direction of Hamilton by foot. We'll see where we get. So Emmett and I walked. We made it to Charles Village. Nice. From Pigtown, basically. And that, like, that thing that he said stuck in my head, and we're standing waiting for the circulator, and there's a lady selling quarter packs of M&Ms and Skittles. Hustling. And Lucy's. And I was literally like, how often do you do this? And, of course, in traditional Baltimore fashion, she looked at me like, motherfucker, what do you want from me? Like, get away. Like, why are you asking? And I was like... I am not, I'm not the police, I'm not going to shake you down. I said, I'm genuinely interested in you as a businesswoman sitting at a bus stop selling M&Ms for a quarter. How long have you been doing this? And she's like, I've been doing this for years. And I was like, that is exactly what he means, right? Like, I mean, at, at, at the like at the crux of it, that's what it's about. Is Absolutely. like I need to provide an opportunity for myself to do this, and it, like it resonates with me every to every single day. Like, what do you mean? What is it like to be an entrepreneur in Baltimore? Like, we got left. Like, we've only been able to take care of ourselves by being dynamic inside of the space. So, like, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna catch the bug, you're probably gonna catch it here. It's real easy to catch it here. Catch the you know, and in my case, it was, you know, I, I, I immersed myself after UMBC with the city. Like, I'm an urbanite. I love the city. I live in the city. I've raised my, my, my wife and I have lived in the city forever. We've raised our family in the city. Doing your thing. Doing my thing, man. I love totally. it, you know? But, like, it's it just, it, it scratched my itch, man. I mean, I, I was like, I, I need to be, like, an entrepreneur. And this is the place I'm going to do it. This you know is the mean? spot. This is the spot. And, uh... To watch it grow now and to the point where other people are moving here because of the resources, to see the capital activating, to see all the programs in the universities kicking in, you know, to see, um, you know, Steve Case coming up here, Rise of the Restaurant, choosing Baltimore totally. and saying, like, this is cool, stuff's happening there, you know what I mean? It's, it's just awesome to say. It's amazing. So, this month, we have you talking about bootstrapping, right? So, like... Crazy topic. Crazy as shit to have somebody who wants to talk about email marketing before it's like MailChimp'd up, mm -hmm. right? Because you, you predate that, um, mm -hmm. predate and bootstrapping for a decade, decade is insane. Decade and, never... and whether we like we like so like we get it like reggae promoter. First of all, like favorite reggae thing. Period. Like give it to me. Yeah, you. Like, Burning Spear. Burning Spear is your thing. Uh, yeah, Burning Spear and Culture and Joseph Hill um, were my two favorite shows that I promoted as mm -hmm. a ringing promoter. Burning Spear, Israel Vibrations, and Culture with Joseph uh, was freaking awesome. Sold out the 8x10 on a Tuesday night. So in terms of personal... Love? Like, what's your shit? 
like uh, tell me about your shift in the island. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the on uh, reggae still. Yeah. Oh, dude, I just saw Damian Marley live. No, not Saul. Like, tell me about jams, like individual jams. Like, so me, Studio One, like all day long. Uh-huh. But where I really get into it is like people like Cedric M. Brooks. Okay. That are like at the roots level, like the really yeah. early, or like Artibella, like the re- yeah, the yeah, 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 like, like the. Like the incremental version of like ska when yeah. it was like when it was really hitting there. There's the other one that came out. I did. Jeez, oh, God. There's a band I brought up from Jamaica. Fuck. The Abyssinians were awesome. Uh, there was a guy named Ross P. Dow. Uh-huh. You remember Ross P. Uh-huh. Dow from Baltimore here? Well, not from Baltimore, totally. but he used to tour all. He used to play all the time. Booked him all the time. Um, there's another one, the uh, the Mighty Mighty Diamonds. I think it's, that's I think it was the Mighty Didn't Matter Record Theater show. It was wild. But I did Burning Spirit, the record theater. I did Burning Spirit, Lithuanian Hall. I did Israel Vibrations at Lithuanian Hall. Um, the Joseph Hill Show at 8x10. The Abyssinians were so good at the 8x10. They, I mean, those guys were just like off the boat, like rolling right up. Doing their thing. Doing just their thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just amazing experiences. And that was the niche that I found myself as a music promoter. Like, man, everyone, I mean, like, you know, this was the days of like SFX Entertainment was buying everybody up. So let's establish bootstrapping right there. Sure, yeah. The concept of bootstrapping is about tenacity. You know what? I'm glad that you brought that up because, yeah, like, honestly, like, the My Music experience is what gave me the tough skin to be an entrepreneur because I learned one fucking lesson, and that was you better fucking hustle, man, because at the end of the day, you got to pay that fucking band. Right. It's, right. You're the one signing the guarantees, gotta, right? As and, the promoter, you it's not, all not guarantees, you. Guarantees, but you also had to like put up fifty percent of the deposit, but just to lock the date in. Right? So you had to come up with cash, um, you know, put it out, and then most often there was a lot of nights I had the most expensive concert ticket at the venue. But then the next, you know, again, it was just such a roller coaster ride. So it taught me like, holy shit, you know, the best advice I ever got was from a guy named Don Weiner when I was getting ready to go into the industry. I was, just, and the reason why I got into it is a because I love music, but b I was on student events board for a long time when I was at UMBC. So I, part of my job was booking the concert on on, uh, on campus. But he goes, Greg, you want to be a promoter? Okay, if you want to be a promoter, then you got to take ten thousand dollars of cash, light it on fire, and watch it burn in a trash can. If you can be okay with that, you could be a concert promoter. I was like, well, I don't, you know, didn't really realize it until it actually happened to me. It's like the modern equivalent of an AdWords campaign. Crazy, you know, and, and uh, you know what happened to me, and it was just like the ups and downs, which you can relate to the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur in a sure. business, any startup, really any business, whether it's technology or, or you know, tech startup or you know, a maker startup or if you're an artist, whatever, we all have ups and downs, just that sometimes in business it can really, they can swing really high and really low really fast, so you don't know, you know, and that's why they say like, honestly, like the, as a founder, like one of the biggest challenges, as an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges we have is managing our own psychology, that inner dialogue that we play in our head over and over again, plus, you know, married up with, you know, the, the conditions and things that are happening within your business. So the music industry, though, going back to that, gave me a great primer for hustling, and, and that's actually where I got my early marketing roots. It's ultimately which led me to email marketing and doing Blue Sky and saying we should just do something that nobody else is doing, right? And the, to your point about, you know, it was super, it was a nascent communications uh, uh, channel back then, but it was not really, it was, you know, spam had not proliferated our inboxes quite yet. Um, and so looking at it as a marketing channel, 
and being a guy who was building, I, I built the 8x10's first website, I built the 8x10's first email list, totally. you know what I mean? I used to run ads from Technosurf, which then became advertising.com, I'd make a quarter every time somebody click on 8x10.com, I mean, and, and learning all these different things, um, and, and then tying it back to my experience in the, in the music industry, was like the perfect primer for like going out and saying, you know what, yeah, I'm 26 years old and I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing and I'm going to go start a company with absolutely no capital. I mean, we had a couple thousand bucks, me and my partner, he put a couple bucks in, I had a couple bucks in, we didn't have anything, man. The freaking Baltimore Development Corporation gave us a $100,000 project to build a database for the real estate um, inventory in the city of Baltimore. So in a lot of ways, the Baltimore Development Corporation, an organization of which I sit on the board of directors of today, literally seed funded Blue Sky Factory. They cut, they stroked the check for fifty between that and a couple other, you know, some other money we had. Um, we we, we kind of got this thing going. We made it work. And then just well, we did it all wrong, all wrong. But at the end of the day, we never had to take outside capital. We just had to white knuckle it and go through that phase of just totally pure, absolute, you know, intense pain and. Peanut, we call it the peanut butter and jelly sandwich phase. You know, like I couldn't even take my girlfriend, now wife, out to dinner, and you couldn't buy her gifts for, you know, Valentine's Day or Christmas or any of that kind of stuff that you typically would, or just do something nice for her generally. Um, it was, uh, it was a lot of pain. But if you white knuckle through a phase where you know you start building a business and you learn so many things about yourself, it's such a subjective process. I actually kind of call entrepreneurship a journey of. You know, self-discovery. Totally. 100%. You know? so, so one of the things that I love, and this is a story that we haven't leveraged here aloud, but I'm going to bring it up from our private conversation is you kind of like in between the music promotion and starting into this next venture, you started to see the value in your like immediate insight, which was that like people need websites and I'm the guy that can build them. Yeah. And I just went and walked into businesses yeah. and was like... 600 bucks yeah. I'll build your website so the thing that I want to like I want to like stop on that for a second to acknowledge how cool that was at that period of time but I also want to acknowledge that any Tom, Dick and Harry today could do that same exact thing for 600 bucks and make a shit ton of money and disrupt a whole world right here in Baltimore right like I could take that model and go walking around Baltimore and saying you don't have a website yet? 600 bucks and I'll build you a website. And I could make cash flow off of it, right? I mean, like, that's still true, like, cheap, yeah. in, in terms of that lag. I mean, granted, it may not be yeah. the most amazing website, but, like, in terms of but yes, recognizing the opportunity is, is, is really what we're talking about and there. Is there a market for it? I'm sure there is. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of businesses who can't afford to pay more than $600 for a website and can't figure out technically how to go to WordPress.com, pick a theme, and do their own, and do their own website, do their, and, and do mask a domain, thing. right? But have it be great. Do you have, you know, a couple of those little... The space to do it. And, and it's about, like, the desire, right? Like, it's about the thing where it's like, I know that I'm onto something and I need to buy myself more time before I get to whatever that place is. Yes. So in terms of bootstrapping, because sure, yeah. um, I, mean, I don't want to give any, give I don't even want to give away. even the tiniest bit away. I just want to like let's tease do, it like, out. Pros and cons. What are we going to talk about? Let's like, talk about, so let's talk about like what for all these people that are going to show up on the 29th at City Garage to hear you and I toss this conversation back and forth and throw it out in the audience. 
about bootstrapping, about really what the tenacity of bootstrapping is about. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, it's really, I think it would be really good if we elaborated a little bit on, you know, I, I did a really quick overview of myself and my background. And maybe we could spend a little time, maybe, another, maybe a couple more minutes talking about some of the, you know, events that have shaped who I am. And we've talked about a couple of them already and the experiences. But when it comes down to bootstrapping, man, I think we talk about, you know, why I bootstrapped. And this is a very great Cangelosi perspective, right? Because I, I went through this experience. Why I bootstrapped the company, which and I won't tell, give you all the reasons around it. Um, what the benefits of bootstrapping are. What the uh, not pros and cons of bootstrapping. And, and, and um, there's a lot of them on both sides. It really depends on who you are, what you want to do. Um, markets, right? And, and um, the movement of markets, right? Looking at, if you're, it depends on what you're gonna do, right? If you're, build, if you're looking to build a lifestyle company, bootstrapping, bootstrapping may be for you, right? But there are some cases you can't do the business that you wanna do unless you have capital. And there's a reason why capital exists. And there's also, you know, um, it takes a very specific kind of person to bootstrap, right? It takes a very innate ability to get things done and to have a continuous, reaffirmation in yourself to be the eternal optimist to be the glass that's always half full not half empty you have to be I would say the eternal optimist um, it takes a lot to beat me down right in terms of like things that are going and happening in my life and the possibility and the potential that I see not only within myself and other people but also our great awesome city and state right and so that's why we're doing these things that we're doing um, so the pros and cons how a market moves um, you know, uh, you know, talking about um, you know being in master of your own destiny, which is really cool. I mean, I, I grew a company for a decade. I didn't have a board of directors, man. I didn't have anyone breathing down my neck, which was again the pros and cons of that. What are the pros and cons of that? There are pros and cons of that, right? Um, you know, what else can we talk about with bootstrapping? I mean, the lessons learned are intense and in, in, incredibly intense. Um, they're decisions that you have to make when you're bootstrapping that you may not have to make if you had a capital infusion sitting in the bank, right? And, and there's a lot of those different reasons. And I've had to do all of them, the hiring, the firing, the, you know, going down the wrong path and having to make a switch pivot, you know, making a decision to trim out all the bullshit and focus on the things that really move the needle, right? So that because you're running so lean and, 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 and so intense that you really have no room for waste or things that aren't going to allow you to optimize and be the, you know, as we said earlier, use the, the highest and best use of your time. Because when you're bootstrapping, man, if you're trying to make a market, if you're trying to be in a market, you know, there's, 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 there's pros and cons, right? You can, can you be a leader, a first mover leader bootstrapping? Maybe. It's going to be really hard though, right? Um, and I'll talk about the war uh, in my industry of email marketing, which it really, in my, in my perspective right now, has been won, right? There's a big fallout from it, but the war's been won. You know, we'll talk about some of the dynamics and the types of the deals that have gone down, um, and what those exits look like compared to very heavily financed venture deals versus bootstrap companies, right? There's a reality there that people need to understand, right? I'm not saying that you can't get a you know a billion dollar exit or a multi-million, a hundred million dollar uh, massive multiple on your revenue for an exit price if you're gonna sell your company if you bootstrap, but 
there are like certain economies of scale that happen when you are venture finance versus when you're bootstrapped, right? And it's all relative. So, you know, I think we can pop around all those topics. And if we're talking for one hour, I'm telling you, you're going to blink your fucking eyes and we're going to be like, holy shit, it's time to drink. There you go. Don't say another word. Uh, I'm shutting it down right there. Soireeists. Uh, I hope you all have gotten your tickets so far. That's a little snapshot about what, um, one, the incredible conversation is going to be like between uh, Greg and I on the evening of the 29th. Also, uh, the thing that you're going to get that you can't see that's happening right this moment is um, the, the budding inspiration that's happening inside of the room. Um, th this is like another tier on, on the layer cake of what Baltimore is becoming and the potential that it has. So make sure that you grab your tickets, bring your friends, tell people that you know that think will benefit from a focused conversation uh, about bootstrapping and startups in Baltimore uh, on November 20 October, October, Jesus. Wow, right? October 29th, it's coming so quick. Um, great. Patrick. Thank you for taking a minute Thank you, man. to chat with us. I'm so stoked for the 29th. It's going to be a really, really great conversation. That's going to be fun. In City Garage, new, new incredible space here in Baltimore that is going to be a big catalyst for a lot of great things in the future. Yes. Thank anything, you. Anything else you want to say? No. Just hope you guys come Tell out. Tell them. Hope you guys come out. Check it out. <laughs> Tickets are available. It's going to be a fun night. We're going to have a great conversation. You're going to meet a lot of awesome people. You're going to, and you're going to see the new City Garage. If you haven't seen it at Beta City, if you haven't come to that event, it's an awesome place to just hang. So hope to see you on the 29th. All right. There you go. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, whether it's on the iTunes, the Stitcher, or the SoundCloud platform. We're putting these things on YouTube so you can listen at your desk, in your cubicle, on your headphones. Keep your boss happy while you're getting some information for yourself. Uh, if you have time, please take a few moments, head over to the iTunes store, leave us a review, whether it's one star or five stars, please help us tell the world about what is so great about the movement that's happening here in Baltimore City and the Startup Soiree platform. Guys, I appreciate you all so much. I can't wait until next week. Until the next time, peace. Peace.